I'm glad that uh, we've got a book that tells us more than we'll ever learn this side of heaven. And, and I want to kind of do a double take on this thing and give you two things uh, on the Feast of Israel. Uh, I ain't got time to elaborate on this statement, but let me give you a statement before I start the message. This holy book is the knot that ties eternity past with eternity present, eternity future. This is the knot that ties eternity together. All of the eternal is tied up in this book right here. It's the knot that holds eternity together. That's a big statement. I got about a two-hour message on that. I ain't got time to preach it. But there's so much in this thing that's all encompassing about who God is. And I just want to take off in this thing and just start looking at these seven feasts and, and look at what they show us. We first see here the Passover. Now that cannot be argued that, uh, and don't turn to 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now that verse specifically says that Jesus is our Passover. Now we know the story of the Passover, and we know all about that, and uh, we're not going to take a whole lot of time to go back to Exodus uh, chapter 12 and look at that, but, but he is our Passover. You would remember the statement over there in John chapter number 1. I think Josh and I alluded to it maybe today. Uh, as we was talking John 1 verse 29 where old John saw Jesus coming and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen. I want to emphasize that word world. He come to take away the sin of the whole world. How much sin did Jesus die for? All of it. Died for the sins of the whole world. We won't turn but back to Genesis 22. Oh, Isaac had said, where's the lamb? God will provide himself a lamb. In that word provide, that Hebrew word, now, y'all know I, I get stuff out of overseas text. I ain't talking about this old Nestle's right. A-Lang garbage that's out there in the first right. world. I'm being right. messing with that old stuff. But that word right there in the Hebrew language, that word provide, is an interesting word uh, where, where God is saying in that word, Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. In that Hebrew word is a word God will see. God will see himself alive. There is in that word the idea of experience. So he is saying God will experience himself a lamb. God will see himself a lamb. God will experience himself a lamb. The word is in the Hebrew word become. God will become himself a lamb. So he did provide a lamb, but there's a prophetic utterance in the word. He said, I will 
become a lamb. I will have the experience of the lamb. Hey, I will be the lamb myself. So add that to what John said when he saw him coming. He's saying, this is God. This is the one who become a lamb. This is the one who made himself a lamb. This is the one that's going to have the experience of the lamb of God. Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. First Peter 1.20, who was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for you. He is the provided lamb, the one who would experience himself, the idea of being a lamb. He became himself the lamb of God. Amen. But I'm going to run a parallel with this thing because I want to show you the mystery and the marvel of the fact that God's in everything in this book. I want you to notice, if you will, in Exodus 23, verse 5, in the 14th day. Y'all see that little phrase? Now, I'll tell you, this gets marvelous. This is deep. You can't preach this in a lot of churches. Holy Ghost said I could preach it here, so y'all must have been getting where you can understand the Word of God pretty good. Because I'm getting down under the deep hole tonight, and we ain't digging taters. We digging all. <laughs> We're getting way on down in under now. Fourteenth day. God, the Holy Ghost, put everything the same just like it's supposed to be. That word in this Bible is right where it ought to be now. You one said preach now. <laughs> we don't get off over in this thing. Well, you're going to have your ground. Be careful over in the Fourteenth day of the month. What are we talking about on the fourteenth day? I got to leave this thing and I get these weird ideas. I, I, my wife said I get off on these things sometimes. And uh, she's been with all this stuff. Worry about it no more. She's worried about me. But I got reading about this thing, uh, and, and I got a doctor friend, and I went to him, and I said, uh, I got something that just tantalized in my heart right here. I said, I need you to give me a book on obstetrics. <laughs> and I got my obstetrics book, and I started reading all about this thing about babies. <laughs> on this 14th day, I did right help. And let me tell you, William's obstetrics, if you want to study that book for yourself and read all that complicated stuff, why don't doctors just tell you what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> when I had that liver transplant, they said they had a word about that long for that thing. I said, what you just tell me you're going to cut my flipping liver out? Why you got to use words not that long? Hey, you're going to cut me and you're going to deliver me and reliver me. <laughs> Why you got to use them? You to go words for it. Just get cut. And I had to read William's detectors and wade through all that jargon and terminology. But what I did, I got down and I found out something. Now, y'all have to stay with me because we're going to follow something through right here and see why the psalmist says, I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Amen. Amen. And a woman's reproductive cycle, ovulation occurs on the 14th day. I got a nurse back there going. <laughs> this ain't something that preacher comes up. I've read the objective book.
Honey, I'm not taking up on the side. Do everybody. <laughs> no, we're talking about me. It can't be no harder than jumping on a pogo stick. That <laughs> saves you a lot of money. You say, oh, I'm going to labor. Here's a pogo stick. You want to ride this thing for a while? <laughs> but if it's on the 14th day of the month, it is when an egg is produced and when ovulation occurs. Ain't it amazing that, that God the Holy Ghost right here started the thing with Passover and on the, he said specifically that it was on the 14th day of the first month that was the Lord's Passover. Now we know it typifies a Passover lamb but we done talked about that but then there's something about that thing about the egg being produced on the 14th day. So, so well, am I way out on a limb somewhere or well, let's just follow this thing and see. And that second piece over there in Leviticus of 23 and verse 6, on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. The 15th day, the day after Passover, is unleavened bread. Now, it was in an oven. Jesus was buried after the crucifixion. He was laid in a tomb. If you want to study the Word of God, and, and he was put in the tomb. That is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But now here's the second thing about that unleavened bread thing. The fertilization of a woman's egg has got to occur within one day after ovulation. If, 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 if it don't occur within one day after ovulation, you have to wait for the next cycle. Now we're going somewhere now. Oh yes, it is. It, it, Passover is the death of Jesus Christ. I left the to burial with Jesus Christ. But we also got an egg produced on the 14th day, and ovulation occurs on the 15th day. I mean, the, you know, that, that, that's when things got to be fertilized. And I'm very good. I want to spend a little more time on some of these. I'm just giving you that line. But then uh, what you've got next is you've got first fruits. Uh, verse number 11. And he shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. First fruit, Sunday following Passover. You got the death of Jesus Christ. You got him buried. And Sunday after Passover is when he rose from the dead. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. All right, you got that, sir. Right. Two to six days, about three days after Passover. I said about, about three days after Passover. Mm -hmm. You got a resurrection. Jesus, the bread of life, came out of the oven of the earth. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, they have what they call a technical term, called that obstetric book. Called after that egg is produced, after fertilization, there's what they call implantation. The egg moves through the fallopian tube into the womb where it's nourished and develops. It's real, but there's going to be more to it. Nah, you can run that off forever. Jesus rose from the dead, thank God. God in human flesh got up out of the grave. But how much more are there to it today than there was on his day of resurrection? <laughs> I mean, how much more has the church been developed? <laughs> Since the day that he rose from the dead. Right. 
Oh, there's a baby! When that, when that, when that egg was produced, when it got fertilized, when it got implanted, you got a real baby. But you ain't seen nothing yet. There's a whole lot more going to happen. Amen. Amen. Then down here on Leviticus 23, about 15 and 16, you've got Pentecost. Now, this is where things start getting interesting. We ain't going to read scripture. I'm trying to save some time, but in Pentecost. Pentecost, the word actually means 50. Uh, 50 days after first fruits. Right. Well, you got Acts 2 1, Acts uh, 2 41. The church uh, begins now to take on an identity. At Pentecost, the church began to take on an identity. If you want to read the book of Acts, uh, the church now really begins to take form and take shape. Uh, as promised that Jesus said, Upon myself, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He promised the church. He had disciples. But now on Pentecost, hey, this thing's really beginning to take shape, and you can really start to see what she is. As a fertilized egg has been implanted in the womb 50 days. It's a 50 day mark. You can recognize it has hands, feet, fingers, toes, head, eyes at 50 days. What was there in seed form is now taking on shape and can be seen as a real baby. Amen. Oh, the marvel of God that we're looking at in this sign. And I told you I got I got to carry some of these little people. Have others? I'm trying to come soon quickly. But number five, you got the feast of trumpets. Exodus 23, 23, 25. That's on the first day of the seventh month. You want to read that in the Word of God? First day of the seventh month. Trumpet announces God's presence. Now I ain't got time to go into all this. But if you want some references, Acts one verse. 11, where Jesus left and said he's going to come in like manner. Uh, over in Titus 2, 11 through 13, uh, Jesus says, Come and look at that blessed hope. Over in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, over that text is really clear about the rapture. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, Revelation 4, verse 1. But what I really want to look at about there, trumpets, speaks to us in the economy of God of the rapture of the church. But now let me give you something about that. Jesus said, I think I used it last night, but Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you myself. That where I am, there you might be also. And we know that's absolutely the fact, absolutely the truth. But let me give you a little Jewish history behind that time. Do y'all remember over there in the Word of God where we're talking about Him coming and he said, uh, ain't nobody knows but my Father which is in heaven. Yeah. That's an absolute Jewish statement right there. Right. Only the Father knows when Jesus is coming to get his bride. Right. Now let me tell you how Jewish tradition worked on this thing. Ain't got time to go follow the rigmarole about the marriage, but a little lady's been promised to a young man. That young man kind of gives a down payment or, or an earnest gift. By the way, when you got saved, you got an earnest gift. You got the Holy Ghost. Right? You got the 
earnest Greek word, down payment. Ain't that up? Yeah. But what happened? He'd make a down payment on And he'd, he'd run back over young to the father's house. And over at the father's house, he'd get busy making a bridal chamber. And he'd work, oh, he'd work on that bridal chamber because that little girl was took his fancy and he wanted to go get her, but he had to get that bridal chamber complete. And he worked, work, 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 and that daddy'd come by and say, doing a pretty good job, son, just keep on, just keep on. He'd keep working, keep working, keep working, keep working. Daddy walked by, son, you're doing a pretty good job, doing a pretty good job, just keep on, keep on, keep on. And then one day the father walked by and said, Paul, you must love her a whole lot. You got that thing just boy like she ought to be. And he said, hey, boy, that looks pretty good. How about go get her? Yeah. Go ahead. That's why I said this on the back of my father. I got news for you. I think it's pretty sudden the father's going to say, hey, you've been working on that thing a while, boy. You got her just about right. How about you go get her? Wouldn't it be a good thing to leave a house with God tonight and go on to heaven? Amen. I don't think anybody wants to die. I'm locked up the lake. If I can figure out where it is I'm going to die, I ain't never going to go there. <laughs> well, it sure would be good if it come just take us all at one time. Please come. Please come. Now, I'll tell you, you get these things lined up, you get a lot of your crazy doctors going this world straight now. By the way, there is a rapture of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you listen to me talking about all millennialism and yeah. post millennialism. Yeah. Hey, when I go to dentist and he says, say ah, I say ah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even gonna say ah to dentist office. I won't even let my wife buy post toasties. We ain't eating nothing in my house. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no wall, ain't no post. There's <laughs> 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 a pre-tribulation rapture, but that's what the Bible said. Yeah. We're just gonna stay right there. But these feast of trumpets carries with it the idea of they're going to be a leaving going on for the church of the living God. Hey, they ain't going to be here for no tribulation period. I'm going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let me just throw this in here. You know how long did it spend that wedding chamber? Seven days. If you read Daniel one day for a year. Seven year tribulation period. At the end of that seven days, she'd come out and be announced. Here's the groom. Here's the bride. After the tribulation period, here comes Jesus. Here comes the bride. And the party's on wild horses. Amen. 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 Now, I didn't forget. According to William's obstetrics, the first day of the seventh month when the baby's here, and the distinguished sound is fully developed. First day of seven months. One of the babies here is fully developed. Oh, we we just run this thing right on down through here. Fully developed. Babies here. What do you get down there in Leviticus 23, 26 through 32? You got atonement. Confession of sin, repentance, bloodshed. Israel is going to return to God. Now I got news for you. God ain't done with Israel. Right. Now you better watch it. There's a lot of folks want to hook up and and, and they, they want to hijack the name Baptist, but they ain't Baptist. And they want to give some idea of what they call replacement theology. 
and they want to say the lost tribes of Israel settled in Europe, and when the Europeans came to America and settled, that's the new Israel, and there is no more Israel. That's Augustinian Catholicism, and it ain't nothing to do with the Word of God. We ain't replaced Israel. God has a bride, the Father. He wrote her a bill of divorcement. That's right. But he will reclaim her during the tribulation. Amen. I said, Bible, if you don't read the Bible, I'm talking to you, the Bible says. He'll reclaim Israel. The tribulation is not about the church. The tribulation is about God reclaiming Israel. It does say in Romans 11, 26, and so all Israel shall be saved. And it's written, there shall come out a sign to deliver and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. We talked about, because we use the names to paint a picture of the Christian life, those 144,000 Jewish evangelists in Revelation chapter 7, right. verse 1 through 12. They will preach the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus is the Messiah and Israel will believe. Hey, that is going to happen. God will reclaim Israel. Them Jews will believe Jesus is Messiah and they will accept him as their Messiah. That's old time preaching, but I'm just trying to tell you that's what the Word of God's got this thing lined up for. God ain't done with them Jews. And I'll tell you something. I'd rather drink Sinai than I had the anti-Jewish. Bible says salvation's of the Jews. My Redeemer is a Jew of the tribe of Judah. And I'll tell you, millennial reign, the Jewish speech is going to be reinstituted. Which means, if you are Baptist and you like pig, you better eat all you can now. You ain't eating none during the reign. They're going to be allowed. I'm going to have to have a glorified body to get away from that one. <laughs> when I grew up and they killed a the hog, the only thing they throw away was the oink, and that's because they couldn't catch it. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> y'all ain't lived till y'all see people slaying chitlins. That's right. Oh. I've seen it. They stick a hose pipe in the end and blow them out. Right. <laughs> You know you're eating high on the hog when you cut in the chicken and find a few kernels of corn. <laughs> Come on, some of y'all eat potted meat, mine, and sausages. Don't eat them like that. I don't know how to Place and she come out one second. She's about, she about sick. I didn't know. I didn't know she was sick. And she walked out there and I said, Tori, let's go get her some sour beans and the grape soda. And she turned out the color of her olive. Went back in the church bathroom and all that girl was sick. My wife got on me. You made her sick. I said, She's all this sick. <laughs> <laughs> I helped her out. She had done it in the car on the way home. I just helped her get out of the before she got that. <laughs> Now you won't eat no pork during the morning rain, I'm sorry. 
Jesus come around and said, he's a Jew, by the way. Amen. And my brother, let's go ahead and accept that fact. And he's a Jew, and uh, he's going to reclaim the Jewish people. He says, won't that be a great thing? Amen. And he reclaims all that crowd for his own. Amen. And he's going to do that. Uh, that is the atonement. But it is an amazing thing for me that in that development of the baby around the tenth day of the seventh month, around Leviticus 23, 27, around the, around the tenth day of the seventh month, the hemoglobin, or the iron containing the protein in the red blood cells that transport living oxygen to the body, that's when that really gets settled. Fetal hemoglobin F is changed to hemoglobin A. It prepares the baby to live outside the mama's womb. So how the baby got his blood developed on the day of atonement when the blood was. Always somewhere, right? Well, that's, I'm telling you. And then that seventh one is the Feast of Tabernacles, Leviticus 23, 33, and 43. That's the time of joy and celebration. That corresponds with the kingdom or the thousand year reign of Jesus. By the way, we are millennial, like I said, we are pre tribulation rapture, right. and there is going to be a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. right. Uh, we ain't got time, but Isaiah 9, verse 7, Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6. Isaiah 11, verse 1 through 10, Revelation 11, verse 15, there will be a thousand-year reign of Christ here upon this earth, and thank God we're going to rule that reign with Him. Amen. If you're faithful, He might just put you over our elections in South Carolina. You might be over Columbia. You might be way up there and be over South Carolina. So I don't know about all that. Well, we're going to rule the rain with it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But you know, according to verse 34, 15th day of the seventh month, face the tabernacle. Time to join celebration. 15th day of the seventh month when the lungs become fully developed. In other words, they can breathe effectively. On the 15th day of seventh month. Now, I ain't stuck, but okay, we up, we up, we got them seven feet, and we got that baby up to seven months. Amen. We are up to seven months. Got all, got them seven iron book Leviticus. We got them all up there, and we're right down there, but now we got a baby at seven months. After tabernacles. Where are we going after the thousand year reign? Baby ain't born yet. What are we going to do? Well, if we don't know, we just say, Glory to God, I don't know. Hallelujah, it's too tonight. Yes, my Lord, figure out there's some things you ain't never going to get figured out. That's right. And God, some, hey, if you can figure God out, He wouldn't be much God to That's right. That's right. But every now and then, God will just show you a little something and He'll put the, the exclamation mark on the thing. And I just pray that God's word just saying that now. I mean, we got seven months. We got this baby ready. Uh, but we, we, we kind of stood. And we ain't got time to turn over there. Uh, but if you want to jot it down, over in Daniel 8, verse 9 through 14. Over here in Daniel 8, verse 9 through 14, there is a double prophecy. I'll give you that. Well, I've heard I want to get down here to this. 
Daniel 8, verse 9 through 14, there's a double prophecy. It talks about the sanctuary being cleansed. By a double prophecy, let me give you historically, historically, uh, let, let, let me give you. Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, if you want to read about him in history, yep. it speaks of him and it also speaks of the Antichrist who will come. Right. Yep. But Antiochus Epiphanes, a madman who hated the Jews, uh, it is not inspired, but if you want to read the book of the Maccabees for historical reference, right. you can find uh, some of what I'm talking to you about in the book of Maccabees. Right. So Antiochus Epiphanes, a madman who hated the Jews, uh, in the temple he offered pig's blood on the altar. And Judas Maccabeus led a revolt to overthrow him. Yes. And they overthrew him, and that led to the cleansing and the dedication of the temple. Amen. And they claimed that temple, and they dedicated that temple. But if you want to go back and study the history of the talk about Haggai 218. But but on these this is the Right. Yes, sir. Just when they cleaned up the temple out, I'm going to give you the exact date. In history, when they cleaned that temple out. It was on December the 24th. For all y'all that want to know, that's Christmas Eve. That's right. Amen. Yes, sir. On December the 25th, maybe that was 165. BC. They found one day's oil to light the menorah. That's right. That's it. But a miracle happened. It lasted eight days. That's right. And they put them lights on in the temple on December the 25th. Amen. Amen. Do y'all realize that Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. And the light was cut back in on the temple mm -hmm. on December the 20th. Amen. That's good. Now I ain't got time to preach this message. I preach at my church. I don't know, three or four times. They always ask me to preach around Christmas time. I can take the word of God and line it up in you and tell you Jesus was born on December the 25th. Yeah. Now I know people say couldn't be this plain deer because shepherds in the field. Hey, the shepherds was in the field in December trying to get them sheep fat. The latter rains came in December and they were getting the last bit of they were getting the last bit of grass they could get. Jesus our Passover was conceived on Passover and he was sacrificed on Passover and I can give you the exact timeline and show you the word of God how it took place. Man. December number 25. Now, I'm not talking about just landing really right up in the of the Word of God. I ain't talking about something I cooked up. Well, I got y'all attention now. There's a little phrase if you want to go do your own running study. The Holy Ghost said it was of the course of Abbey. Right. Yep. And Abbey turned in the temple, if you go back and study that. That would have been Zachariah's term in the temple. And you can figure out when Zachariah left and went home from the temple. And when Zachariah uh, 
and, and Mary, uh, I mean, Mary became pregnant with Jesus, but John the Baptist was born, and right. you get that timeline on that, and you can count that thing from there worth a right on that. But we're dealing with this December the 25th. They lit that menorah. The supply lasted eight days. That's the number of new beginnings. Hanukkah on every calendar in the world right before our Christmas time is the festival of lights. It's a day of eternal light with the Lord that will never end. It's what it represents. And Hanukkah is celebrated 280 days by Jewish tradition according to the Jewish year. 280 days. Days, 40 weeks from Passover to Hanukkah. Yep. Y'all know anything about it? Maybe been more. 40 weeks. 40 weeks. Yeah. Hanukkah is 280 days or 40 weeks. From the 14th day of the first month, 280 days to Hanukkah. Let me ask you something. Don't you think God's smart? Amen, sir. Well, that's just so amazing to me. A baby is eternal. When it comes into this world, it is going to spend eternity somewhere. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. It is an eternal soul. Yes, sir. Job said he was alive before he was born. Mm -hmm. We ain't got time to look at that. Job 10, 18, 19. You want to go over and look at that? Job said he was alive before he was born. Now, I ain't getting into the beach. I just want to tell you something right here. We're going to hurry up trying to close. Y'all do know the Bible said there's a little old narrow way that leads to everlasting life. Who are they going to be that find it? That's right. Is that what the Bible said? Right. They go broad, wide way leads to hell. Right. And in the scheme of things, ain't really that many going to get born again. Not, not in the skin, but, uh, uh, I mean, look at all the Muslims. Yeah. You know what one of my mentors, Brother E.J. Daniels, told us uh, in, in probably the early 80s, 1982, 83, 84, somewhere along there, and they got mocked and criticized for it. You know what Dr. E.J. Daniels told us? He said, don't worry about communism. It, it'll have its day. He said, you better worry about this Muslim bunch. That's right. He told us that in 19, about 83 or 1984. He said they're a bunch of maniacs. He said they're going to try to destroy the world. They're going to try to take over the world because that is, their, that is their doctrine. That's their ideology. And they're going to try to conquer the world. And the fathers will have that. They ain't nothing in the world but Ishmaelites. And all they're going to try to do is conquer this world. He said, you better watch that outfit. And they said, Daniel, you've lost your mind. So no, I don't know what the Word of God says. Right. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. And that's what he said they do. But there ain't a whole lot of people in the scheme of this world saved. No. Well, we've lumped this thing up together and talk about evangelical. What is that? I think we were talking about last night. I think uh, I'm just using the devil. The Southern Baptist Convention brags about having 15 million members. The FBI couldn't find 5 million of them if they looked for them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hey, five more million don't never turn Sunday night or Wednesday night church service. I won't give God a dime. Right. Right. Hey, two and a half more million of them is going to church because the mom and daddy does or because it's just a family traditional thing. 
And they just live in the way they want to. Just got some church to raise, some church to cut. I mean, best estimate we can get to maybe two and a half million out of 15. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's true. And if y'all just go ahead and say it, there ain't a whole lot better options than the independent movement. Amen. I go to somebody's meeting, they say, Preacher, how many are you running? I said, about twice as many as I'm catching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how many are you running? Amen. <laughs> and then I usually say, I'm run, I'll tell you how many I'm running on Sunday morning when you tell me how many you run on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Uh -huh. I usually end that discussion. <laughs> I don't run. I don't run. Hey, I'm going to talk to them about Jesus, but if the Holy Ghost can't do them, ain't going to make me try. Uh, you got a problem. You got it. Primal man got the right thing in them to start with. Because the Holy Ghost said to be a well of water and you're springing up under everlasting life. Yeah. It's an artesian well if you say by the grace of God. Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Amen. Amen. I ain't got to give door prizes and all Amen. that mess to get people in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I ain't got to have those dog and pony shows. Yeah. That's right. the Holy Ghost. That's what we need right now. Yes. Amen. And I'm just trying to tell you, there ain't a whole lot of people going to make it. Right. Yeah. Right. We witnessed and won't talk to hell. We'd love to see if we get saved. But I mean, in the scheme of things, in your county, in my county, in, in, in the scope of the whole thing, how many people go to church? That's true. And the old saying of the old school preacher from way back under that got me up started, all of them claim 75, 80 percent of church members are lost. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Yeah. I believe that. Well, if you take the parable of the sword, three out of four didn't take. That's 75 percent. Right. Religious but lost. Hey, some churches rapture could happen with miss half the other people. There ain't been no Holy Ghost conviction. There ain't been no asking Jesus to save you. And there ain't been some turn in your life. I don't think you got it. Jesus didn't come save you in your sin. He came to save you from your sin. Amen. I'm believing that point. I'm going to tell you something. How did say over in Revelation, they, people of every kindred, nation, and tongue, innumerable multitude of people. I mean, there's a host of people that you can't even name, a host of people uh, that, that was just so big, vast numbers. Where did all them great big people come from? Let me just give you a thought. Let me give you a thought. Let, let, let's not go all the way back. Let's just go back to Pentecost. We, we, we're talking about you know, the birth of the church right here. And the birth of a baby. Since Pentecost, uh, miscarriages, and then in our later day, slaughter, abortion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How many babies do you think have been put in heaven Amen. over the nearly 2,000 years of church history as we know? I, I mean, if you go by miscarriage and abortion, not to count, uh, you know, deaths in, in, in young infants and children, which does tragically happen. Yeah. How, how many babies do you think from 2,000 years back has died? Got news for you. It 
hate the elect ones that's in heaven. Praise God. It's every one of them. I'm not telling you I understand all there is to understand about it, but I'm telling you I do know what the Word of God says yes. about it. I want to give you a verse and a word, and I'll hurry up and I'll be done. Yes. But I want you to turn over here to the book of Psalms. I ain't got time to preach this text, but I'm going to give you something out of the text, Psalm number 139. I want you to see it in the Word of God. Psalm 139. Verse 13 and verse and word and, and verse number 13, I'll give you one word. Psalm 139, verse number 13. Don't you say it in the Word of God? For thou hast possessed my reins. That has covered me in my mother's womb. Man, it'll be good in February. Me and him had a discussion on this word for a long time. Because I got hung on the word, the Hebrew word for possessed. The word picture in that Hebrew word is I bought it. Now, if I bought it, I possess it. Right, right, yeah. right. Yes, sir. Do you mean that God said you paid for in the womb? Mm -hmm. Are you covered in innocence? Yes. I didn't say I'm still all there's no back. But they somehow know that that word's right because it's in the word of God. Amen. And if God said them things that pay for in the womb, reminds me of Hebrews 2 9. He came to taste of death for every man. That means that baby at the point of conception was all right. Hallelujah, God. What a thing to get to heaven. See, baby, for 2,000 years that went by way of miscarriage or went by way of abortion. And there's a great multitude. Stand in heaven. They might have been forgotten on earth. But praise God, they there. How God know what you look like? He said it up there. If you read on down that text, he knew all about them. Everything in them was relative. And he brought them forth 33 and a half years old, just like he is. Because it says, when we see him again, we'll be like he is. Oh, the great wonder heaven. To see the great host of time that we didn't even know was there. But praise God, they are. And I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no one can number. Long nations and kings and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sat upon the throne and to the Lamb. Let me tell you what that says. That says every man, woman, boy, and girl, they can deny it, they can turn away from it, they can shun it, but every human being walking this planet is a living testimony to this book's absolutely right. Everybody you see is a walking testimony because they ain't mentioned in that Bible and it's fulfilled in them and there ain't a thing they can do about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I talk 
talked to a heathen up here at Clemson University, a PhD. And I told him I had a PhD. I had a post told there. Amen. <laughs> 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 but I tell him, they introduced me to this old fellow. I'm going to be talking to him. He's an atheist. I said, this is good. <coughs> I like this. <coughs> Why don't you give me something hard? <laughs> I love it. That's old PhD. He, he walked over his you know, refined kind of yeah. I'm a snow country redneck. I don't know nothing. Grew up down there on the creek, drank money, couldn't dog and take the catfish. That's all I know about. <laughs> and I introduced my little boy and I said, uh, So, so you're alive. That didn't go well. That's <laughs> 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 what well, I ain't no such thing to waste. He's like, This liar. Right. Because they tell me you're atheist, I know what you are, you're just lying. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. Oh, he's got to get a little bit of a You know, you know insult the man's highly intelligent. Hey, he wanted people to eat with four different forks laid by his plate. <laughs> <laughs> you know how stupid refined people are? Oh, yeah. Why would a woman want to wash that many forks when you ain't going to eat but one? That's right. That's right. She's just saying I've heard not. Gonna bring this out and bring this out. And hey, this best God put it on the table and we'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I want all these people. <laughs> but it's one of them high end fellows, you know, real high. Look, no, no, I said, no, no, no. I, I said, let me appeal for your women. Like, that made me feel a little better because he thought I was, you know, bragging how smart I I said, uh, let this be an honest fellow. I said, let me ask you, because you said to your age, you don't believe in God. I said, uh, does anybody in this whole wide world? Know everything there is to know about everything. Well, he thought a minute. And he said, Ain't nobody knows everything there is to know about everything. I said, Uh huh. God might exist and you don't know about it. <laughs> He's wrong. <laughs> you ain't no agent. They just declare God don't exist. That can't be done because everybody don't ain't nobody knows everything about everything. God might exist, you just don't know about it. I said, that gets us to the honest part of it. You're a doubter. Yeah. I said, I know about doubters. Yeah. I said, there's two kinds of doubters. There's honest doubters and a dishonest doubter. Yeah. And a dishonest doubter don't want to find God. Same reason crook don't want to find police. Yeah. I said, now if you're an honest doubter, you'll take the Gospel of John, read that thing, and just pray like this, God, I don't know where it exists or not. God, I'm confused, I'm going to doubt you, but God, if you'll show yourself to me, I'll accept you regardless. Mm. I said, honest doubter, do that. And I said, if you read John, God will show you himself, that he'll be in the person of the Son, Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Amen. Like this. End of discussion on atheism. <laughs> I left him weeping. <laughs> Whatever he wants to do, that's, that's on him. But you can't deny God. Amen, Every human being in this building says God is, and he speaks for truth. God put it in every human being that's ever lived the plan of God for the ages, Amen. and the human body proves God's plan for the ages. Ain't that something? Yes, Amen. Is that not a something that God just put all that in his little book just to show us how smart he is? They'll head bow every eye closed. God the Holy Ghost spoke to your heart. You, whatever you need, you need to be saved, be saved tonight. You come to Jesus. If you are saved and you just need your own soul for whatever your great need, you, you've been mighty kind and mighty good. I appreciate it so much. If the Holy Ghost speaks to your heart, you need to get in this altar and she plays and Brother Josh comes.
It's whatever your need is, whatever your need. You come, you come. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Everybody's standing across the building. You need to do business with God. The altars are open. Appreciate you being here. Many of you have been here every night. Some of you have been here most of the nights. Thank God for that. Thanks for your kind attention. Tonight is the word of God has been preached. Preachers already mentioned that. Every message merits a response. My question to you tonight is, are you going to respond?